is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The attacks on the president never end, one to the next to the next. We also have uh, the NFL still in a kerfuffle. But I want to start with this, this lawyer, Michael Cohen. I don't know this guy. I've never met this guy. I've never talked to this guy. I've never corresponded with this guy. I don't know anything about him. But I am a lawyer. And I've never, ever taped a client. In fact, I've never taped anybody on the phone. But certainly would never tape a client. Raises very serious ethical issues in my view. Why would you tape a client? Unless you plan perhaps to use that information against them. Now the presumption here is he taped President Trump Uh, And he was discussing, that is, the lawyer Cohen and Trump, a payment to a Playboy, uh, a Playboy uh, starlet, who he may or may not had a tryst with. Why is this being leaked? Why is this being leaked? First of all, true or not, it's not a criminal matter. They say hush money. Hush money? What does that mean, hush money? You have these non-disclosure agreements. People sign them all the time. Um, Companies sign them with employees who depart and receive severance in some cases. You have settlements of civil suits. You have non-disclosure agreements. You have all kinds of non-disclosure agreements and contracts that you sign. And you have a non-disclosure agreement apparently here. Why is that hush money unless we're going to call all of it hush money? Now, the media are very, very interested in Donald Trump's sex life. They never had any interest in Bill Clinton's sex life. They never had any interest in John Kennedy's sex life or Lyndon Johnson's sex life. They had very little interest in what was going on in Capitol Hill. And we later learned that the, uh, the, the level of sexual harassment, we were told, was extensive and pernicious. We don't hear about that anymore, as well as in our pseudo-newsrooms across the country, as well as in Hollywood. But it's Trump that they're, they're obsessed with. I think the people who raise these questions, I think the question should be asked of them, if they've ever stepped out on their marriages. Why not? It's like Trump shouldn't meet with Putin. Because Putin is a killing thug. Well, then why are we a member state of the United Nations, which is filled with genocidal maniacs? Why do we belong to the United Nations? Did you hear any of this when Obama went to Cuba and met with Raul Castro, a longtime bloodthirsty murder of a genocidal police state regime? No, you never heard a thing. How about the Palestinians? Look at Hamas now, I'll get into that later. And even Abbas. Terrorists. Bloodthirsty, killing terrorists. Abbas and Hamas. 
But we're supposed to enter peace agreements with them and, and have a two-state solution, which to me, for Israel, would be the final solution. So the left is always about capitulating to mass murders, always about urging Republicans to do the same. They were thrilled when Richard Nixon met with Mao, 1976. Only Nixon, they said, could get away with it. It's considered a big deal. Ping-pong diplomacy, as I recall. Mal only slaughtered, what, 40, 50 million of his own people? So we don't need lectures from the buffoons out there, whether they're pseudo-conservatives or progressives, whether they wear media baseball hats or whether they're members of Congress or whether they're a conga line of goofballs, actors and actresses from Hollywood. Who cares what they have to say? Why are we a member state of the United Nations, considering how many genocidal maniacs belong to that institution, including Putin and Russia? If that's the test. The way you run foreign policy, ladies and gentlemen, is you got to take each situation on its own, maintain your principles, determine what's in the best interest of our country and our allies. That's pretty much how it's to be done. But that's not really what I wanted to talk about. This Michael Cohen taping his clients. The media, the New York Times, the recipient of information about the taping. And people, I wonder what's on the tape. I wonder, but very little about the ethics of a lawyer doing something like that. You know, ladies and gentlemen, when we go to a lawyer, you expect confidentiality. You expect attorney-client privilege. You expect the work product to be retained and protected as well. Otherwise, the entire justice system collapses. Now, the liberals understand this. Uh, They go into court all the time with mass murders, defend them, and and talk about the due process system and how the system is, is not fair and not just and not equal. But then when it comes to Donald Trump, you think uh, you, they're, they're acting like it's Mussolini who they want to drag through the streets. So this Michael Cohen apparently is contemptible, absolutely contemptible. Now this information got out because he wanted it to get out or somebody he spoke to got it out, you know, Comey-like. And yes, it could embarrass the president, but there's nothing illegal about it. And also, I noticed Mr. Cohen had an interview with, who did he have an interview with, Mr. Producer? Today. Al Sharpton. Who the hell wants an interview with Al Sharpton? See, he's trying to present himself and position himself as Mr. Cohen. Again, I, I'm not a special pleader. I don't know anything about the guy. Uh, as a bit of a loose cannon who has a lot of information. Because he's under criminal investigation for something. I'm not quite sure what it is. Medallions with taxi cabs or something like that. Which has nothing to do with the President of the United States whatsoever. I don't even know what the hell a medallion is for a taxi cab. Something else is going on here. Unrelated to Trump. Unrelated to Russia. Something else is going on here. But nobody wants an attorney who tapes his or her clients. That's just plain sleazy. There is a lot to get to today. 
But I want to start with this. This may seem a little odd, but it's not. The national anthem again. Oh, Mark, just stay with me. This is very, very important to me. But also it is a bigger cultural issue, as I discussed last Sunday with the great Shelby Steele. This is, this is the situation. The Dolphins were going to put the hammer down on one or more players who said, look, we're going to the game. We're going to stand up there in the national anthem. We're going to knee. Even though the purported NFL policy said, no, if you're going to protest, stay in the locker room. No, 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 I'm not staying in the locker room. I'm protesting what's going on in this country, the way minorities are treated and what cops do to them and the an unequal judge. No, 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 I'm protesting. So now the NFL told the Miami Dolphins, no, you're not going to uh, impose that rule. Uh, our, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we need to negotiate with the union and see if we can't work this out. Is the union not patriotic? Is the NFL Players Union not patriotic? Apparently not. What's to negotiate? Get off your ass and stand up. Treat your country and the people who fought with it with respect. That's what we expect, we fans. But this is a phony protest. This is a pathetic joke. To see these men, these men who have benefited from a free society, these men who earn more than virtually anybody else in this country with the exception of a small percentage of, uh, of individuals. These men who are treated like conquering heroes. People want to buy their jerseys with their names and numbers on it. Treated like celebrities for playing football. Living like no other people have ever lived before them and no other people lived currently on the face of the earth. They're protesting, you see, because America is unjust, because America hates its minorities. So I thought it would be good to circle back, and I think this is very, very important, and listen to what Shelby Steele said. Shelby Steele is an African-American. He's at the Hoover Institute. I really admire the man. He was on my program, as I said, on Sunday. And he has, uh, he has some thoughts about this. Please listen very carefully. Cut 11, go. You wrote a few months ago in the Wall Street Journal on this so-called protests with the football players taking the knee during the national anthem. Mm -hmm. Among other things, you said, it's not surprising then that these black football players would don the mantle of protest, because you say protest is something that, that black Americans have had to do for civil rights. You look at Martin Luther King, you look at Jackie Robinson in sports and so forth and so on. And you say the, the surprise was that it didn't work this time. Uh, they had misread the historic moment. They were not speaking truth to power. Rather, they were figures of pathos, mindlessly loyal to a black identity that had run its course. So you say in the article, look, protest is a good thing. Protest sometimes is necessary, right, to get the vote, to get equal rights, to draw the attention of, the, of, the, of, of society and so forth. But this one fell on deaf ears. Yes. Explain. Well, um Protest is um, central to the evolution of black American culture. Uh, it was protest that really finally won our freedom for us. Uh, beyond that, it's always interesting uh, to note that it expanded the idea of democracy. Democracy had all of the theory, all of the thinking, all of it had, had before had, had never dealt with 
the clash between race and racism and, and democracy? Well, it was the civil rights movement. It was Martin Luther King who said, you have to, uh, you have to take, go beyond uh, race even, that, that, that democracy is, is universal. So that's a big part of the black American identity, and, and it's sort of seen as the, the, the test of your authenticity as a black. Um, and yet this, this protest in the NFL made the point that uh, this was kind of fruitless at this point. Uh, and I think the central issue behind what you're, you're, you're talking about um, is the fact that the oppression of black Americans is over with. It's over with. It's over with. Uh, I, I grew up, I mean, it was... We, we never thought there'd be an end to oppression. I, I remember being a teenager, I never thought... Uh, that I'd live in a society that wasn't segregated. It happened. Now, are there exceptions? Yes, there are a few here and there. Will racism ever go completely go away? Uh, no, it's a part of the, as I say in that article, it's, it's endemic to the human condition just as stupidity is endemic to the human condition. And so we'll always have to be on guard uh, about it. But we're at a point where the the old-fashioned method of protest uh, is obsolete. We, we, we need a lot of things, but we don't need that anymore. We're at a point now where, where we, can, we are a free people and can pursue uh, our lives as we, as we would like to. Shelby Steele, brilliant, brilliant man. And this is why this protest is a joke. And most of the fans know it's a joke. Despite the efforts by many sportscasters to keep propping this up as a serious event, it's not a serious event. It's a clown show. It's disruptive. It undermines the sport. This is not a civil rights movement. This isn't about social justice or equality or anything else. You know, later in the interview, Shelby Steele says, We're free. We're free. We're not oppressed anymore. Go be a free people. Be a free individual. Be a free individual. Now, ironically, these men who are protesting are free individuals. But you see, we're protesting inequality. There will always be inequality. Social justice. Well, what does that mean? They don't even know what they're protesting. It's a spectacle, an unwanted spectacle. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, what's interesting from a cultural perspective, in my view, is that Kanye West, who has said some things that go against the grain, uh, has been celebrated. Celebrated. Shelby Steele. Brilliant, brilliant man who has been pushing these positions and arguments and making the case through serious scholarship for decades. Many of you never heard of him. Or you barely heard of him. 
Isn't that amazing? Talk show hosts don't talk about Shelby Steele. They talk about Kanye West. It just shows you how things have changed. You know, what Shelby Steele has said is absolutely not just relevant, but profoundly relevant. Profoundly relevant. Now, by the way, uh, this Michael Cohen has a lawyer by the name of Lanny Davis. You know who he is. He was the endless publicist slash fixer slash lawyer for the Clintons, any Clinton. I didn't even know he actually practiced law, but apparently he does. So my question to Mr. Cohen is, would you have a problem if your lawyer was taping conversations that you were having with him? Would you have a problem with that? Is Lanny Davis free to secretly tape conversations with his client, Michael Cohen? Is that how you get representation in this country? So... If the media were actually working properly, the revulsion would be at Michael Cohen taping his client. But that's not how the New York Slimes work. As I pointed out over and over again, they are the Holocaust-denying newspaper, hence the paper record for the left. Really quite grotesque. I'll be right back. A champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. Chris Cuomo is an example of nepotism run amok. An experiment, if you will. Let's turn to one of the dumbest families in politics, and let's see if we can prop this guy up and get some ratings. And, of course, it's a failure. He has his own show now. You wouldn't know that because nobody watches it. But it doesn't matter. Chris Cuomo, he was on CNN last night. Where else? And uh, he is insisting that when the president calls the press the enemy of the people, and he called the fake news media, the enemy of the people, that obviously he hates America. Now, keep in mind, last time I checked Chris Cuomo, IQ negative 17, he never objected when his hero, Barack Melhouse Benito Obama, sicked the FBI on media outlets. Oh, yeah. Intercepted the phone calls of a, of a Fox uh, reporter and the Associated Depressed and others. That, that didn't bother him. Because Obama sounds good. He says cool stuff. He's, he's really neat. Trump, they don't like, even though he doesn't sick the FBI on them. Just think about that. Anyway, cut one, go. This tweet was bad for you, Mr. President. Here it is. The summit with Russia was a great success. Nobody thinks that. Except with the All real... Right, blah, blah, blah. Hey, dummy. That's not a tweet by the president when you interject your own nonsense. Summit with Russia may have been a great success. You've got no idea. Depending on what they discussed, maybe it's first of many meetings. I do know this, the endless meetings that John Kerry had with the Islamo-Nazis from Tehran. Now, that was a failure. But, of course, you're not interested in that because you're a Cuomo. Start from the top, please. Go. This tweet was bad for you, Mr. President. Here it is. 
The summit with Russia was a great success. Nobody thinks that. Except with the real enemy of the people, the fake news media. Now, let's stop right there. If it's fake news, why isn't the enemy of the people? Fake news would be corporate media outlets and their hired mouthpieces who pretend to be newscasters but are pseudo-newscasters. That is, they are status progressives, they are ideologues, advancing their agenda, their viewpoints, under the rubric of freedom of the press and news. Nobody's saying we should stop them. But why can't you point it out? And why isn't that conduct that undermines society? I think it is. Go ahead. It's ugly and it is unoriginal. But most importantly, it is an admission that you hate your country. How so? Here's the case. Here's the case from the genius now. Philosopher King Chris Cuomo. Here's the case. Let's listen in, shall we? Go ahead. Phrase was an operative threat to murder opposition in the French Revolution, right? You know, what, Khrushchev. What, 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 what? The French Revolution? The French Revolution. The phrase that fake news is the enemy of the people was in the French Revolution? Where was that? Fake news is the enemy? <laughs> Go ahead identified the phrase as part of a campaign to annihilate individuals, literally, who disagreed with the Supreme Leader. Khrushchev? He used the term fake news, too? Khrushchev did? (laughs) You idiot. Go ahead. His predecessor, Stalin, used it specifically with artists and thinkers that threatened his narrow views of humanity. Did you know that Mao used it during his murderous campaigns? America, the country you lead, was formed in defiance of strong men. Stop. Let me educate you, you moron. Before the revolution in the United States, the printers in this country had to fight for the right to print what they wanted to print. Several printing presses, and there weren't many, were shut down by various colonial assemblies. It didn't just pop up, freedom of the press. First Amendment didn't just happen. So there is a long history prior to the revolution and to some extent during the revolution and post-revolution where we did not have a purely free press, where idiots like you uh, would have been put out of business. That's a fact. Now, when it comes to a free press, I think you're a little confused, Mr. Cuomo. A free press is not when a guy like you pretends to be a journalist or reporter with your political pedigree and your ideological bias, burping up your ideas and interrupting even a tweet. Every day, every night, same damn thing from you and your colleagues, or should I say comrades? May I say comrades? Yes, I think I may. That phrase, he says, was operative during these police states. Fake news was not a phrase that was operative during those periods of time. Do tyrants destroy free speech? Yes. Do tyrants destroy freedom of the press? Yes. So how has Donald Trump destroyed free uh, free speech or freedom of the press? Just one instance. How has he done it? 
by calling out the hacks, the frauds, the phonies. That doesn't destroy free press. You know what destroys the freedom of the press in this country? Those who pretend to be the press. There are some real press outlets where they make an effort. They give it the old college try. But then there's CNN and MSNBC. They don't give it the college try. They know exactly what they're doing. They're fighting over the Democrat base. That's what they're doing. And we don't need a history lesson from a guy who can barely put a sentence together. Go ahead. Please. And the idea that might makes right. A free press. Who said might makes right, you idiot? Incredible, isn't it? As I said, it was Obama who unleashed law enforcement against the media. Is there any evidence that Donald Trump has done anything close to what Obama did? Of course not. Go ahead. What makes America great? So you have now admitted that you are against what we are all about. And the real problem now... You know, is- you know that to hear a fool like this suggest to the nation, or the 12 people watching him, that the free press is about Chris Cuomo is pathetic. These guys attack Fox News left and right. They attack Sean Hannity left and right. They got one guy, Brian Stelter, dumb as a rock. He gets paid every weekend to attack Sean Hannity. So when they attack Fox News, they're protecting freedom of the press, really? And when talk radio comes under attack every five or six years from the Democrat Party and their bureaucratic surrogates to try and put us out of business, do you ever hear them talking about freedom of the press then? Of course you don't hear them talking about freedom of the press. They are status progressives. They don't believe in discussion and debate and engagement. They don't believe in any of that stuff. They believe in centralized autocracy. They believe in the iron fist. I would ask you this, Mr. Cuomo. You talk about these tyrannies. Are you familiar when you mention communists like Khrushchev and Mao? Of where their ideology comes from? Are you familiar that it comes from, among others, Rousseau and Hegel and Marx? Are you familiar with the fact that progressivism, that your family has practiced and imposed on the people of New York for decades, is the bastard child of those ideologies? Are you aware of that? And yet there you are on TV preaching against, well, tyranny, big government. And then pretending that you protect freedom of, the spe- freedom of speech. We constitutionalists, we protect all the Constitution. We defend the entire Constitution. It is people like Chris Cuomo in black robes who call themselves judges and justices who are constantly attacking the First Amendment when it comes to contributions to political campaigns or advocacy groups so they can husband the resources to run expensive television ads on dying networks like CNN who charge confiscatory rates. That's when they say, no, 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 that's not freedom of speech. Only what we say is freedom of speech, right? This guy's a fraud. Cuomo, he's an idiot. And so now that you see the president of the United States hates America, not Barack Obama who wants to fundamentally transform America, trashes America. Our declaration, our constitution, our economic system trashes America. 
don't believe in national sovereignty and borders. They're all for America, don't you know? But it's Trump who wants to build up the military, who defends law enforcement, who wants to give the people their money back, who wants to secure the border, who's putting judges in place who want to uphold the Constitution. See, he's un-American. Chris Cuomo is a Svengali. That's what he is. But he's too stupid to know what that even means. But he's not alone. Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper of Handgun Control Inc. Jake Tapper of Mezvinsky. Jake Tapper of Planned Parenthood, his family. He sits there smugly telling us he doesn't like lies. So he'll straighten it out for us over there at CNN. CNN that has no ratings. And then we have to listen to this clown Joe Scarborough. I'll get to him after the break. Do you know my ratings at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday are much larger than this clown's ratings at prime time during the week? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. And saw results immediately. The bags are going away. The lines are less noticeable. My skin feels much smoother and softer. That's Laura from Las Vegas with the amazing Genesel results. But there's more. The brand new Genesel Sunspot Corrector is here, and it's yours free for just trying Genesel today, just in time for summer. Finally, see those stubborn sunspots vanish and those bags of puffiness gone. And for results in 12 hours or less, the Genesel Immediate Effects is all yours for free. Light, clean, and effective skin care. It gives you better results and better skin day after day. No one does it better than Chamonix. Want flawless, protected skin this summer? Then go to Genesel.com. Better yet, give us a call right now at 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. Sunspots, bags, puffiness, we got you covered. It was Chamonix's famous 100% money-back guarantee. You heard that right. You have nothing to lose. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. All right, let's take a call. Let us go to Paris, Los Angeles, California, Sirius Satellite. Go right ahead. Hey, Mark. How you doing, man? Uh, listen, Great. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a Trump fan. I'm, I'm a total Democrat. My problem is... I heard you talking about the NFL. You're a total Democrat. I, you know, I won't, I won't divert you, but you'll call back another day and you'll explain to me what that means. Because I'm not a total Republican, so I don't even know what that means. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. So my problem is where you talked about the football players taking a knee. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm saying is you guys that always talk about the football players. Talk to me, not you guys. So I you speak for myself. You- Go ahead. Okay. You talked about the football players that t- have taken a knee. And, yes, I and have. you don't like that. Well, no, I don't. I, my thing is, I think it's okay. I think that these young men who, yes, they do make a lot of money. However, these guys that grew up in these neighborhoods where the police are harassing them. I grew up in sir, a- sir, 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 let me tell you something. There may be instances of where that takes place. Nobody denies that. But it is not systemic, and I refuse to accept that here. I hear this line all the time. There's nothing that supports this argument that everybody, minorities and minority neighborhoods, are harassed by the cops. 
Okay. I there have, go ahead. see it all the time that when they don't make to the TV. I live in those neighborhoods where it doesn't make it to TV, where, where we as black men cannot drive down the street. And I'm not a young black man. Oh, BS. You can't drive down the street? What are you talking no. about? No, we cannot. We cannot. You're wrong. I live in Los Angeles. Oh, I'm not wrong. I've well, been... who runs Los Angeles? The cops run Los oh, Angeles. Oh, the cops run Los Angeles. That's funny. I thought the Democrat Party, you're... didn't you just say you're a total Democrat? I am a Democrat, yes. Really? Oh, no, no. You're a total Democrat. The Democrat Party runs your city. The Democrat Party runs your city council. The Democrat Party runs your police force. The Democrat Party runs your fire departments. You're a total Democrat, right? But you're talking about the police. I'm talking about the police that are pulling our young black men over. And You know what? Police pull me over, too. And most of the time when they pulled me over, particularly when I was younger, they were right. You know why they were right? Because I was speeding. I still like to drive fast. They were right. And they pulled me over because I was speeding. Not because I'm a Jew. They pulled me over because I, I was speeding. Wow, black, Mark. And we're Do tired I? of it. You, well, what, you're tired of what? You're tired we're of tired what? Of being pulled over. We're you're a free to... man, damn it. Act like a free man. I, we're trying, Mark. We're trying to drive down the street. What do you I... mean you're trying to drive down the street and you're stopped? But some we... people are stopped. Some people aren't stopped. What do you do? Before people stopped. I said, I what do you tra- do? I work for a transportation agency. I work so you, transportation you work for the bus company in L.A.? Yes, I do, sir. Well, what? You work, let me, you work for the bus company in L.A. You work for the, yes, the city of L.A. Yes, sir. Which is great. You're a government employee. Yep. And the government sucks. Of course they do. Of course they do. Then why you do you work for the government? You t- you, because they pay me well. You talk oh, about how... Hold on now. Hold on now. But you're telling me that you're mistreated by the government. I'm saying, but we're mistreated by the police, yes. The police is part of the government, isn't it? But That part of the government, yes. As well, well, why do you work for the government? Work in the private sector. I did work in the private sector. Well, why'd you it leave it? It was worse. It was worse. Oh, it's worse. They, have a, they would not allow us to have a union. You know what, Paris? I think you really need to look around the rest of the world and ask yourself if the kind of lifestyle I have, you have, other people in this country have is even possible. And ask yourself, Paris... Why we need to build physical barriers on our southern border. Not the northern border, which with Canadians, who are mostly white, but the southern border. To try and keep people from coming in here illegally. Tell me, why do people want to come in here illegally, Paris? You think they want to come in here illegally? Because we're a tyrannical country? You think they want to come in here illegally, people of color? So they can be pushed around by the cops? Why do you think they want to come here, Paris? But the co- they come? And how many of them would change positions with you in two seconds? They probably would, Mark. But my well, why, Paris? Because I have a good job, yes. No, you have a good life. Yes, I do. I do. That's right. However, I and don't if we like- had a police state, you would not. This is a police state, Mark. The city. So I poli- police- you don't know what the hell a police state is. Oh, no. You Mark, don't know I what the hell does. a police... No, no, you don't. I you do. have no idea what a police... You're talking to me freely over the phone. You have a job with the government, the system. You say you like it because you make good money. I know you get a good pension out there in L.A. And you're complaining. Rodney King. I grew up where they... You're not Rodney, Rodney King. King. I am you're not. Paris. I have been stopped by those same cops, Mark. Maybe. I've been harassed by those same cops. Yeah, all right. 
Thank you. For, well, do you take a knee at work? Do you take uh, a knee at work? No, no, no. Like I told you, call screener. I have. Well, talk to me. I don't know what you desk. told my call screen. I told him, yes, I have a black power uh, sticker on my desk. Well, how stupid. I'm tired of it, Mark. We're tired. You're tired Mark. of what? We're tired of the police shooting us, beating oh, us. Oh, well, son, then we should withdraw the police from your neighborhood. Would you be tired of that? I bet you wouldn't. I bet you'd call the cops in two seconds. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark. Love Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. This coming Sunday on the Fox News Channel, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You know that by now. My guest is somebody you know, but you really don't know him. It's Mike Huckabee. I didn't know Mike Huckabee. I never sat down and talked with Mike Huckabee. Interviewed him once or twice on radio, but these are very short interviews. Sit down with him for an hour. I learned a lot about Mike Huckabee. He's a fascinating man. And he told me that when we reached out to him to be a guest, he immediately said yes because of the format. And we're finding this more and more and more. Where I sit down with a guest, one or two guests, never more, and we go into detail, not just about their background, but their beliefs, how they became what they became, what they think about the country, and so forth and so on. And, uh, and you folks are, are very, very tuned to this. So I'm going to talk to Mike Huckabee, or have, at, at significant length. You're going to learn a lot about him, a lot about his background that you probably didn't know. And he's actually quite a fascinating man and thoroughly decent. Just the nicest guy. A week or so ago, they tried to destroy his character, just like they've tried to destroy his daughter's character. So that'll be very, very cool. I think you'll like it very much. Now, just to pick up on where Paris left off. Every weekend, or at the end of every weekend, we read... As an example of all the shootings that have occurred in Chicago. All the killings that have occurred in Chicago. It is shocking. It's shocking. It could be Iraq. Or some war-torn area of the world. The problem where the, the crime is on the rise where kids can't get educated in crime-ridden schools, and so it's not the cops. It's the community. It's people who come from outside the community. It's the gangs, the drugs. Not the police. Nobody's perfect. No institution is perfect. I didn't say they were. I never said, I never would say they are. 
I mean, we conservatives are the ones who preach against a big, powerful, centralized government. But a police state. People on the left, do they even know what a police state is? They think it's America? That's outrageous. It's stupid. People leave police states. If Paris's life is as miserable as he says it is, earning money on the taxpayer dime as a bus driver, getting a pension, I have no problem with that. We need bus drivers, and they need to be paid. But then talking about um, revolution and going on, he's had enough, he's had enough. I'm thinking, you know, one of the great things about this country is people come and people go. We have people lining up to come into this country, legally and illegally. The majority of them are from the third world, so-called, undeveloped countries. Minorities. Not in their countries, but they would be in our country. Trying to escape their cultures, trying to escape crime, trying to escape police states to come into this country. Nobody's trying to escape America to go into some other country. You want to go to another country, you buy a plane ticket and you go. Nobody has to escape from America. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. If the nation is, as Paris describes, who the hell wants to stay here? And so this constant shredding of the civil society, this constant attacking of law enforcement that protects us, this constant attacking, even more, the United States military, the Constitution, the capitalist system. If people who think like Paris, people who think like Bernie Sanders, you know, whomever they are, if they win the day, we lose the day. If they win the day, we lose the day. Now, we're told not to stereotype people, right? And so if you have an unfortunate or, or a lousy experience with a police officer, means all police officers stink? All police departments stink? Of course not. Of course not. This is the problem with groupthink. This is the problem with balkanization. This is the problem with status progressivism. And the irony is, the man works for the city government, he's paid by the city government, and he attacks part of the city government. And he's a total Democrat, quote-unquote. He wants more government, more authority in the hands of fewer and fewer people. It's amazing. But as Shelby Steele says, hey, Paris, my friend, you're a free man. Go out there and experience freedom. If you don't like where you live, if you're being harassed every single day, being stopped all the time experience freedom mobility you're not required to put up with that but maybe it's Paris who has the problem as an individual maybe it's Paris and not the cops I don't know I don't know what he's talking about I don't like these generalizations and then to throw up Rodney King I can throw up all the cops that have been murdered in this country year after year after year but that doesn't help me understand Paris's situation. 
Oh, they kept saying, I'm stopped all the time. I'm stopped. Well, what are you doing? Nothing. So cops are stopping you all the time and you're doing nothing. Yes, because of my race. Well, there's a lot of minorities in Los Angeles. The cops must be incredibly busy stopping people. Yeah. Let's go to Jay, Columbia, South Carolina, the great WVOC. Go. Please lower your radio, sir. Go right ahead. All right, Mr. Call Screener, get on there with Jay and tell him how this works. Let's go to Mike, Indianapolis, Indiana, the great WFDM. Go. Thank you so much for taking my call. I was listening to your clip on fake news. I'm a physician, and I'm tired of fake doctors, those doctors who walk in, give you their eight minutes, and are more concerned about their time and what they write down the computers. I just ask your intelligent audience, to check with their doctors and ask Thanks them for your call. I have no idea what he's talking about, why, why that came up just now. No idea. I understand, but it has nothing whatsoever to do with what we've been talking about. All right, let's go to Joe Scarborough. Now, we go to Joe Scarborough, not because I want to torture you, not because he's relevant, but he's a foil, and he's too stupid to know that he's a foil. He's got a tiny viewership. It's tiny. He's been on that MSLSD for a long time now with his sidekick, Mika. But it is a tiny viewership. So my audience, my listening audience, you're, you're massive, certainly compared to his. So I do this because it's useful in gleaning what kooks on the left are like and responding to it. I want you to listen to this. It was on the morning schmo this morning. Hat tip to CNS News. Cut seven. Go. As it goes to Republicans. Yes. Rank and file Republicans say 75, 80 percent saying they liked what he did in Helsinki. When even again, his closest allies in the media said that he was either treasonous or a complete dupe. Which closest allies in the media said he was treasonous or a complete dupe? This guy is not only fake media, he's moron media. Go ahead. These people that, that, that I grew up with that were the most, uh, the toughest on Russia, that fought the Cold War alongside with NATO. Uh, when, when, when the Soviets' goal during the Cold War is the same goal that Vladimir Putin has now. Well, which who, is- who disagrees with that? Exactly what steps... What steps did or has President Trump taken that is inconsistent with that? Exactly what steps has he taken that's inconsistent with that? Hillary Clinton and John Kerry, they undermined our relationship with Russia. They weakened America in the face of Russia. Obama didn't engage Russia. They annexed Crimea. What did Obama do? Nothing. I think he was golfing. They invaded Ukraine. What did Obama do? He withdrew our agreement with them to provide them with arms. Instead, he gave them blankets and gloves and, you know, stuff like that. He thought it was a welfare program. What else did he do? He took missile defense away from some of our allies that were scheduled to receive it. He undermined our military, turned it into a social experiment, slashed spending on our military. Scarborough is a moron, and he's a fraud. He's an absolute fraud. But, of course, he's defending freedom of the press, don't you know? 
This man could not get a paycheck unless he attacks the president and attacks the Republican Party and conservatives and then pretends to be one. He's, he's the Tokyo Rose of MSNBC. Old Tokyo Joe. Maybe that's what we'll call him, Mr. Producer. With that weird accent your heads. Go ahead. Western democracies and break up NATO. The goal is identical yes, to the, what Republicans always supported. And you talk about trade. 73% of Republicans now are telling pollsters that they think tariffs are good for yes. America. Well, I don't think tariffs are good. Unless they're aimed at China, because China's the enemy, and they're stealing our technology. A little bit of context, Joe. But you can disagree with the president without savaging him each and every day. But what Joe won't tell you, and his sidekick, Mika, is that this is all personal with them. They used to be Trump's buddy. Trump used to come on their show and actually get them ratings. They used to go to the White House. Joe, you'll remember, when the president gave his first speech to a joint session of Congress... Joe was there in the audience jumping up like a clapping seal. Remember that? I was never invited to do that. That's how close Joe and Mika were to Trump. But they went sideways. So now he spends every waking moment obsessing over Trump. How sick is that? The man needs a psychological exam. Go ahead. Again, who are these people? It's like these are the story people. of like political body snatchers. Ah, there you go. And you wonder why you don't have an audience. Gets even better. Cut eight. Go. I, I, I wrote about it yesterday. Who are these people and what have they done to my party? Uh, no, 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 no. That's not fascistic. Who are these people and what have they done to my party? You clown. Go ahead. Percent of Americans think it's okay to to cower before an ex KGB agent. Trump did not cower before an ex KGB agent. Obama did. Obama blinked in Syria. He blinked in Crimea. He blinked in the Ukraine. He blinked when it came to Eastern Europe and providing them with missile defense. Blinking all the time, like Nancy Pelosi. Trump hasn't blinked yet. But none of this matters before Scarborough. It's every day. Stormy Daniels and uh, Michael Cohen and Russia and this. We're going to war with the uh, North Korea. He's just a very, very lousy human being. Go ahead. Uh, to insult allies, uh, you, you do wonder. Uh, this isn't just to a insult dominant. allies, clown. To insult allies. Did you speak up? When Obama... Was eavesdropping on Benjamin Netanyahu? I believe Israel is one of our closest allies. Did you speak up when Obama was using surveillance, not only on the American media, but on members of Congress who disagree with the Iran deal? Did you speak up when the ambassador from Israel to the United States, when they were eavesdropping on him, did you speak up when Obama was eavesdropping on Jewish organizations that disagreed or might disagree with his position on Iran? Of course you didn't, because those are the actions of a dictator. You didn't say a damn thing. You coward. You buffoon. Trump hasn't done any of that. Go ahead. You, you do wonder, this isn't just a Donald Trump problem now. This is a problem with the party uh, cast wide. And this is what low IQ morons like this do. 
when they're trying to justify their lurch to the left with his girlfriend, soon to be wife, with MSNBC that pays him his uh, substantial salary, with clowns that he puts around him like this guy Heilman or whatever. John Hi Heilman, whatever his name is. Uh, this is this is how he does it. So he he's he's firmly entrenched now in the camp of the left. But he says, hey, look, I, I, it's the Republican Party that is the problem. Trump's the problem. Conservatives are the problem. You know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the real deal here. But, you know, I, but I'm not. No, he's not. He's a fraud. Fraud news. Does that sound better? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. South Carolina, the great WVOC. Go. All right, Mr. Mark, how you doing? How you doing? I'm all right. How are you, sir? Uh, do, doing pretty good. I just wanted to say I disagree 100% with Paris. Paris, if you're listening, I, I got to disagree with you, brother. Um, I'm, I, too, am an African-American male, man, and I, I, I just don't see it that way. Um, um, Like you, Mark, I like to drive fast and and, 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 you know, I get pulled over. But every time I've gotten pulled over, it was my fault. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, you know, we, like you said, man, you know, we, we here, we working, and, and, and this is, uh, you know, hands down, the, 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 the greatest country on the face of the earth. I mean, what country, seriously, what country is better? I don't know, man. Uh, uh, we, we have 320 million people in this country of every imaginable religion and not every imaginable background, every imaginable ancestry, every imaginable economic uh, class, quote-unquote, and we still get along pretty damn well. Yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And, and, and I just wanted to say that uh, the, 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 the fellas in the NFL, they just got a, they, they got a good thing going, but uh, it's slipping. I mean, you know, they let it, you know, they're letting it get away from them. Uh, you know, just, I mean, man, if I was making five, ten, you know, even a million dollars a year, if I believe that or not, I'm still going to stand. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, that's just me. Um, you know, I, I would put my personal feelings of belief to the side. I mean, they're just making great money. But the fact is, as Shelby Steele said, this isn't Selma. This isn't Jackie Robinson. Right. This isn't any of that. We've come yeah. a long, long way. Well, yeah, and uh, people have individual freedom, and they ought to try and take advantage of what's what's available in this country rather than trashing it right right yes sir yes sir sir. all right jay it's a pleasure my friend gotta roll that music means i gotta tap dance into the next hour or cut that dump that means i gotta square dance into the next hour and i'm gonna do that right now we'll be right back Unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. Do you notice what did not happen at the World Cup? Where all these teams from all over the world were playing soccer, what they call football. Not a single player took a knee. Not a single player took a knee. They were so proud of their country. So patriotic, and their country was so proud of them. That's all we want. We're sick and tired of the 
status progressive mental attitude, whether it's on the football field or on the TV screen or on the movie screen. We're sick of it. And it is an ideology, and we're tired of people telling us how awful our country is. You want to criticize the government, that's all right. But the national anthem isn't about the government. It's about the country. It's about you. It's about the people in this country. It's about the people who fought for this country. These people who take a knee, they have no respect for this country. Social justice. They don't know what social justice is. They couldn't do any of this in 80% of the world. In 80% of the world. Football isn't played in most of the world. They'd be a lot of strong, muscular guys who would have to be doing something else. Football is a very unique sport. It's unique to America. America is a very unique country, but too many of them don't see it that way. And it's a joke. It's a joke. We're free people. We're not a perfect people. We have a wonderful economic system. It's not a perfect economic system. We have a wonderful justice system. It's not a perfect justice system. But they're wonderful. Mankind has never done any better. Decades of indoctrination in government schools, universities, and colleges loaded with tenured Marxists and malcontents. Decades of leftism out of Hollywood, brainwashing with movies and TV. Decades of miscreants posing as journalists, pseudo-newsmen and women, beating their chests about freedom of speech and freedom of the press when they don't believe in any of it. They believe in their own freedom to spout off. That's about it. Day in and day out, every complaint, every claim of victimhood, every perceived snub, and we're told that our society is a disaster. And yet we know it's not. We live here. We live here. We know what it is. It's to be celebrated, not degraded. We have tens of millions of people all over the world who would come to this country in a second, leaving their utopias, communist utopias, socialist utopias, strongman utopias, I listen to the press in this country, the way they talk about this president. They're exactly what I said on Hannity on Tuesday. They're psychopaths. They're psychopaths. They bring in former government officials who served in prior administrations to trash the existing administration, and we're supposed to be impressed. They bring in one kook after another out of academia, or activists, or members of Capitol Hill, of Congress, to reinforce their own propaganda and demagoguery. And we're supposed to be impressed. They tell us the president sold out the Putin. There must be dirt on Putin. And yet, he has been stronger in dealing with Russia than any president since Ronald Reagan. He's been stronger in dealing with Iran than any modern president. 
He's been stronger in dealing with North Korea than any modern president. So the facts belie the propaganda. But it doesn't matter. Because you have all kinds of agendas out there. The left, which used to trash Joe McCarthy, now finds a Russian behind every tree and under every rock. The left that hated Comey loved him the second that Donald Trump fired him. The left that trashed the CIA for decades. All of a sudden, you can't question the CIA. The left that hated J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI. All of a sudden, they claim to love the FBI. It's all a lie. That's what status progressivism is. A lie, a big lie, a series of big lies. And it's infected every corner of our society, especially the media. Can you name one host, host, not guests, on CNN who's perceived as conservative? Just perceived as conservative. There isn't one. Can you name one host on MSNBC who is perceived as conservative? There isn't one. Omar, can you name one host on Fox who's perceived as liberal? I can name several. Shep Smith, among others. But I'm not a special pleader for Fox. I'm not a special pleader for anybody. The New York Times, predictable for 100 years. The Washington Post, predictable. Even the so-called conservatives, for the most part, almost to the man and woman, who write in their op-ed pages. They're not serious conservatives. They're not really conservatives. I said for the most part. They have to do what Scarborough does. They have to be a dancing monkey, pretending to be Republicans, pretending to be conservatives, while trashing both in order to get a paycheck. These insane and hysterical attacks on Donald Trump have exposed the people who make these charges and allegations for who they are and what they are. Not Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not a politician. He doesn't talk like a politician. Some days he'll speak more smoothly than other days. Some days his tweets will be different than the other days. So what? So what? Barack Obama was smooth, smooth as ice, while he was fundamentally destroying America. Which is better? Well, I know which is better. We also have individuals who are hell-bent on destroying this president at a personal peak. They opposed him in the primaries, and they would not come around in the general election. They said so many over-the-top things about him that rather than walk them back and say, you know what, I'm pleasantly surprised and actually supportive. They just keep digging in and digging in and digging in, and they've turned their columns, their websites, their podcasts into trying to justify who they are and what they've said by trying to destroy him. So rather than take each issue as they come, rather than look at his actions, rather than picking apart every syllable, they're out to smear the guy and destroy the guy. One day it'll be Smokey Daniels. The next day it'll be Michael Cohen. 
The next day it'll be Putin. It doesn't matter. Next week it'll be something else. And the week after that it'll be another thing. I told you here the day after the election they will try and take this man out, either by impeachment or some kind of criminal allegation. And they've never stopped. What we didn't know but we know now is they actually started doing that before he was elected. Incredible. We have the worst political scandal in American history, I would argue. And I'm a student of history. That has taken place and is taking place right in front of our eyes. And the media defend it, support it, and benefit from it. An entire political party is part of it and supports it. And the Republican Party is so weak that it has 15 different positions on every issue. Here's what I love about Simply Safe Home Security. These guys obsess over the details. It's why the alarm system is so good. Now, here's an example. A typical glass break sensor sometimes gets fooled. A false positive. Sounds like drop plates, a baby crying. Simply Safe didn't want to settle for typical because really good home security should be really good. That is accurate. So they actually constructed a glass break test facility. Refining their glass break detection technology until it was so accurate it could distinguish a broken plate from a broken window. Now, this is the level of detail Simply Safe puts into everything they do. It sets them apart from other security companies. Simply Safe's system is designed so you'll never notice it. You'll never have to think about it. It's that easy and intuitive. There's no contract, no wires. It's cutting edge technology, and they work hard to earn your business. 24-7 monitoring with police and dispatch, just $15 a month. It's the best around-the-clock system. It just is. And uh, that's why we have it. Protect your home, protect your family today with Simply Safe. Visit simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com. Simplysafemark.com. And as I sit here, even talking about Simply Safe, in the other part of my brain, I'm thinking... It's amazing. The criticisms of Trump vis-a-vis Putin and Russia. When you think about Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Joseph Stalin. Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Joseph Stalin. Franklin Delano Roosevelt liked Joseph Stalin. The term of affection, Uncle Joe was the term invented by FDR when he came to Joseph Stalin. You talk about selling out. Donald Trump hasn't given an inch of territory to Putin or Russia. Not an inch. Obama did. But Franklin Roosevelt beats them all out. Half of Europe. I find people pseudo-historians, they go on Google and they say, actually, no, that all occurred after FDR died. No, actually, at Yalta, he laid the foundation for what took place. FDR told, excuse me, Stalin told FDR that the nations under his military control, that he would, he would hold elections in each one of those countries, to which FDR agreed. 
FDR would die soon after Yalta. It was all dropped in Harry Truman's lap. But obviously, we know the history. There were no elections. No real elections. Stalin imposed puppets in every one of those countries. We actually have people who hate Trump so much, they now defend FDR what he did at Yalta. And spin it. They talked about Japanese internment camps three weeks ago, remember? That was FDR. Franklin Roosevelt put out military orders to forcibly remove Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese descent. 120,000 of them. Take their private property, take their homes, and move them into military camps. Joe Scarborough loves FDR. Jake Tapper loves FDR. Don Lemon probably doesn't know who FDR is. The point is, Democrats, progressives, they love FDR because he was a big-time socialist. But the things they're saying about Trump, FDR actually did. FDR actually did. Ask Chuck Schumer if he likes FDR. Ask Nancy Pelosi if she likes FDR. Ask the historians and most of our universities and colleges, tenured leftists, if they like FDR. They love FDR. And yet FDR was the closest thing to a dictator we ever had. But that's okay. It's okay, you see, because he brought in Social Security. He brought in all these programs, all these departments, all these agencies, the massive administrative state, the most successful progressive. Barack Obama's building on what FDR did. He was. And so we're to ignore FDR when it comes to Japanese internment camps. Instead, we accuse Trump of something he never did. And so we're to ignore FDR when, in fact, he kowtowed to the Soviet Union and surrendered half of Europe where hundreds of millions of people were enslaved for decades. And FDR circumvented the Constitution repeatedly and he tried to pack the Supreme Court. There's your dictator, the hero of the left and the Democrat Party. I'll be right back. Mark doesn't want you to know about their great hero. Whoopi Goldberg has no idea what I'm talking about. And uh, Joe Scarborough has no idea what I'm talking about. President Trump has attempted to make sure that refugees who come into this country are carefully vetted, depending on the country they come from. Half a dozen countries where terrorism uh, is running wild. We've been struck by terrorism in this country very, very badly. And so that needs to be done. FDR turned back Jews escaping the Third Reich. Jews weren't terrorists. There was nothing associated with Jews and terrorism. They were trying to flee for their lives. FDR turned them back. Now, look at those two examples. Do the media, do the Democrats, do the columnists, looking at history, what aboutism? What aboutism is context, it's history, it's clarity. 
So the things that they say about Trump are absolute unconscionable lies, but they are not when applied to Franklin Roosevelt, the king of the Democrats. I just want to make that clear. I've had my share of mechanics calling me saying they found something wrong that needs replacing when I've taken my car in for an oil change. Those so-called surprises with high repair bills are terrible, especially when you're not covered by a manufacturer's warranty and you're paying out of your own pocket to fix them. That's why I recommend extended vehicle protection from CarShield. If your car is 5,000 to 150,000 miles, CarShield can save you from paying high repair bills. Replacing your engine or even a simple sensor can cost thousands. So when you're protected by CarShield, you can have your favorite mechanic or dealership fix your car. It's your choice. CarShield also provides 24-7 roadside assistance and rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection. Get CarShield. Call 800-CAR-6100. Make sure you mention code LEVIN or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN. That's L-E-V-I-N. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com or 800-CAR-6100. Use code LEVIN. Save 10%. A deductible may apply. That is a wonderful, wonderful service CarShield offers there. So when it comes to all these allegations, at least most of them they're making against Trump, they are legitimate when applied against Franklin Roosevelt. But they're not legitimate when applied against Trump. Trump is not buckled to the Russians. He's not giving them one inch of territory. He's not giving them one inch of anything. When it comes to refugees, Trump simply wanted, and the Supreme Court now agrees, to carefully vet them to make sure whoever comes in, nobody sneaks in here to do us damage, given we don't know what governments and so forth they're coming from. Uh, FDR, of course, uh, turned uh, Jews back, refugees back, and they were murdered. In terms of dictatorship, the tradition up to FDR was presidents run for two terms. He ran for four. Supreme Court, he tried to pack it by adding five more justices. I can go on and on and on. So we did have a dictator in his country. He was the favorite of the libs, Franklin Roosevelt. It's not Trump. I'll be back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Well, the terrorists in the Gaza Strip, Hamas. Uh, One of their snipers killed an IDF soldier. And they've been riding over there for some period of time. And uh, this is, of course, part of a movement. Uh, And the Israelis have struck back. And what's happening is Hamas keeps building these, uh, these... Weapons depots, these underground tunnels, these sniper posts, and on and on and on. Um, You see, they called for elections in the Gaza Strip, and they had one, and they haven't had one since. Because they don't believe in having a second election if they win the first one. And so the Gaza Strip is effectively a terrorist state. They terrorize their own people, and of course they terrorize 
the Israelis. And um, this whole notion of a two-state solution, I reject completely and utterly. I mean, effectively, the Palestinians have two territories already, right? Fatah, which is one terrorist branch, and Hamas, which is another terrorist branch. Now, the Palestinians are Arabs. They decided to call themselves Palestinians because it sounds like Palestine. Tell me something, as a matter of logic and law. If a people were in a place 3,500 years ago, and another people were not, well, who are indigenous to the area? Just as our media twists domestic politics, domestic economics, domestic law, they do the same when it comes to foreign policy. I tell you over and over again, the media are essentially the propagandists, the mouthpieces for the status progressive movement while claiming that they support freedom of the press, meaning their freedom. But they do the same thing when it comes to a little country called Israel, because Israel actually is a parliamentary democracy. They don't expect the Arab nations slash Muslim nations surrounding Israel uh, to have human rights or civil rights or due process or any of those things. So they never talk about it when it comes to any of those countries. They never hold them to any standard whatsoever. But Israel's a different story. Now, the Knesset, the equivalent of their parliament in Israel, passed a law after much debate, after many years and so forth, recognizing Israel as, a, as the Jewish state. Is that controversial? Isn't that what Israel was founded as? Isn't that the name of the people who have lived there for thousands and thousands of years? Jews? Hebrews? And so, of course, the Netanyahu government's coming under attack by the usual left-wing kooks in Israel and the usual left-wing kooks in America, including our media. Because immediately they say, the Arabs and Muslims in Israel are offended. What about minority rights? There's no change to minority rights. They have a court system. They have a justice system, just like we do. It has no effect on that whatsoever. But they proclaim themselves to be a Jewish state. It is a Jewish state. Well, what else is it? What else is it? Again, it doesn't mean that people who aren't Jewish aren't treated with respect, don't have uh, equal rights and civil rights and human rights and so forth and so on. Now, conversely, there's not a single country surrounding Israel where Jews have equal rights, civil rights, human rights. There's not a single country surrounding Israel where Christians have civil rights, equal rights, human rights. In fact, depending on the, uh, the totalitarian government surrounding Israel, and they're all totalitarian, one form or another, it's a monarchy, there's a military dictatorship, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Nobody even expects them to provide any, support, any, any level of protection, legal rights, civil rights, human rights, to anybody in those countries who don't share 
the viewpoints, religious or otherwise, of the government. You even have Muslims slaughtering Muslims. Iraq was fighting Iran. The battles within Iraq. The battles in Syria. And on and on and on. Muslims slaughtering Muslims. So you have Muslim-majority countries. You have Arab-majority countries, which are Muslim-majority countries. And they're called Muslim countries, Arab countries. So there's Israel, a Jewish country. You can't say that. Why? Why not? One of the things I discussed with uh, Governor Huckabee, Mike Huckabee, is evangelicalism and its support for Israel and what it's based on and so forth, because I think it's fascinating and important. There were 14 Jewish groups in the United States who signed a letter-slash-petition objecting to what Israel did. And the reason is simple. When you go to Israel, and I've only been there twice, but twice in, the la- in less than two years now, in the uh, broadcast room, I'm going to do it again in a year or so. The Jews who live in Israel fundamentally think differently than many of the Jews that live in the United States or Europe. Because the Jews who live in Israel are surrounded by enemies. And they take their faith and they take their country very, very seriously. And they are prepared to put their lives on the line to protect both. When you're a secularist, for the most part, or you're a person of religion, Jewish, Catholic, whatever it is, and you're really unaffected by these kinds of forces, you can sit on your ass and shoot spitballs. You're totally unaffected directly by any of this. You live in the United States, which you also trash on the left. You don't have to join the IDF, their military. You don't have to serve our military. And most on the left don't. You don't have to face constantly sirens going off, missiles being fired. We have to fight off illegal immigration from Mexico. But the Mexican military is not lined up on our border with 150 missiles ready to fire in, 150,000 missiles ready to fire into our metropolitan areas. Or on our northern border. So these 14 groups who represent nobody object to what the Israelis did, the duly elected members of the Knesset, the Prime Minister. And you know what they remind me of? And I've talked about this before, the owners of the New York Times. The owners of the New York Times, who wanted to be accepted, who wanted to be accepted, who were leftists, who supported FDR, the dictator. And so did their best to distort what was taking place in Europe and to conceal the nature of the Holocaust from their readers, the paper record. I want Chris Cuomo and Jake Tapper and all the other phonies to understand something. When the New York Times concealed so much of what took place in the Third Reich 
and the Holocaust in particular. Was that freedom of press? Were they defending the freedom of the press? What were they doing? What were they doing? They were lying. They were distorting. They were censoring. It was a debacle, a disaster. Holocaust deniers. And yet we have these liberal groups, including these liberal Jewish groups, when this tiny little speck on the planet called Israel is serious about protecting its country, serious about protecting its people, and not just Jews who live there, but all, everybody who lives there, and then declares itself what everybody knows it to be, a Jewish state, they're condemned. They're condemned. Now, these groups did not issue a petition slash letter condemning the Congo for the slaughter that's taking place there. They didn't issue a letter slash petition condemning the Sudan where the Christians are being wiped out. They didn't issue a letter slash petition condemning the South African government, which is now targeting whites. Muslims slaughtering Christians, blacks slaughtering blacks, Muslims slaughtering Muslims. No petition, no letter. But Israel, because they assert their identity, is to be condemned. And meanwhile, as I speak to you tonight, the terrorists in Hamas, who've been firing recklessly into the country of Israel, are now under attack by the Israelis. And you wait and see how CNN and Jake Tapper and Wolf Blitzer, how MSNBC and the rest of the clowns, how they start to condemn Israel for defending itself as an overreaction. Let me ask you a question. An overreaction? Why are Jews not allowed to protect themselves? This free press that we have that projects every kind of insinuation and negative label on the President of the United States? Tell me. Do they have a problem with Israel and the Jews? They sure seem to. At least by my eyes. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You might say, Mark, what you're about to talk about is kind of random. No, it's not. I've got 40 minutes left less in tonight's show, and then it's the weekend. Paul Manafort. For months I've been saying that the way this man has been investigated and prosecuted is so far beyond the pale, I've lost words to describe it. I don't know if the man's innocent or guilty, but the process matters. The process matters. The man has been sitting in solitary confinement in a federal prison in Roanoke. Only recently he was moved to Alexandria, Virginia. He's being prosecuted in two different jurisdictions, Washington, D.C. and Virginia. One of the matters he's being prosecuted for, failing to file as a federal agent, is something that 
as a foreign agent is something that almost nobody's prosecuted for. You get a slap on the hands, you pay a penalty. They pile indictment on top of indictment on top of indictment. And now, Tony Podesta, the older brother of John Podesta, the Clinton consigliere, a big-time Democrat lobbyist who was also working with Russians and Ukrainians, who was being targeted by Mr. Mueller and his gang of liberal Democrat prosecutors, apparently is receiving immunity in part or whole to flip him against Manafort. The same thing with a former Manafort partner by the name of Gates. Did the same thing. Similar thing. You have 17 prosecutors. The size of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Rhode Island. Focused on this man. The Internal Revenue Service. Focused on this man. All the resources of the federal government, including the Department of Justice, Focused on this man. And he can't cut a break. The judge in Washington, D.C. was appointed by Obama. She's a well-known leftist. The judge in the Eastern District of Virginia is almost 80 years old. Although appointed by Reagan, it was part of a deal. He became a uh, federal district judge. He came out of one of the highbrow law firms outside of Richmond. And he's a quirk. He's quirky. They can't cut a break. The things he's being charged with have nothing to do with the campaign. Things he's being charged with could have easily been investigated by a United States Attorney's Office. In fact, if Rod Rosenstein was a serious person rather than a hack... He would now withdraw the jurisdiction of the special counsel he appointed and give it to the U.S. attorneys in both of those jurisdictions. But he's a coward. He's a fraud. He's a buffoon. Mr. Mueller knows he can run wild, and he is. I am not a special pleader for Mr. Mueller. I've never talked to him. I've never met him. I don't know him. I don't even know what he did. But I know a corrupt prosecution when I see one and you'll hear a lot of the clowns out there say well the guy's dirty well the guy's this well the guy's that he'll have his day in court in fact he'll have his day in two courts but it looks like the fix is in and at least so far I want you to think about something so far the man is facing life in prison I believe he's, he's in his late 60s he's facing life in prison life And he will not plead guilty. That could change. Because this kind of pressure on any human being is really probably unbearable. I'm sure whatever wealth he accumulated is all gone now. Paying legal fees. These prosecutors are so ruthless. That they went after his ex-son-in-law to turn on him on commercial mortgage and real estate deal. What does that have to do with the special counsel? These prosecutors are so vicious and ruthless, they pulled in this special unit within the IRS 
to go over all his taxes going back more than a decade. And of course, you know, they burst into his home at six in the morning when he and his wife were in bed as if he were Al Capone. It's all intended to put maximum pressure on him to get him to break. And it's interesting, all these clowns on CNN and MSNBC talking about Russia and dictatorships, they never talk about that. This is just not a big deal to them. Scarborough, Cuomo, Tapper, Lemon, all clowns, all court gestures. I'll be right back. A proud fanatic for the Constitution. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, I'm almost 61 years old, although I don't look a day over 60, I know. And I'm currently sitting in my favorite chair of all time. This is no joke. It's no jive. I'm sitting in it right now at my desk in the bunker. Now, I have other chairs, a big leather chair, wonderful sofa, so forth. They're comfortable, too. They're not like this. And I sit in this chair five or six hours a day, doing immediate prep before the show, during the show. And it is incredibly comfortable. And if you want to see my X chair, you can go on my Facebook site, Mark Levin Show Facebook. It's right there. They come in different colors, different styles. This is the one I have. And it gives my back the support it needs because, you know, I, have, I had a disc problem. The lower left back, and it begins to ache after a while. It does not ache anymore. This chair molds itself to my body, giving me ideal posture, which in turn gives me more energy, better concentration, more productivity than I've ever thought possible because you're not thinking about the chair. You're not thinking about your back. That's how comfortable you are. Don't waste another day in that generic chair you probably bought at one of these office warehouse stores or whatever. Get an X chair and feel the difference. You will. Now, if you own a company, you should really consider getting them for the entire office and see how much your employees appreciate them and how productive they'll become as a result, too. And here's a special just for you, my audience, because X chair doesn't do any radio advertisements anywhere else. They're one of our great sponsors. Go to xchairlevin.com. That's xchairlevin.com. Go there now. You'll get $100 off. That's xchairlevin.com. Or call their toll-free number, 1-844-4-X-CHAIR. That's 1-844-4-X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. You won't get that from an office store, a warehouse store. That's for sure. Go to xchairlevin.com. And by the way, if you use the code Levin Footrest, Levin Footrest, you'll get a free footrest too. And my feet are on the footrest, and it's great. The chair, the footrest, you got to act now. It's Friday. It's the perfect time. That's xchair, L-E-V-I-N, xchairlevin.com. Use code Levin Footrest, and you'll be all set. You'll be all set, and you'll be really comfortable. You know, a lot of us have to sit at our desks a long time, and it's no fun. Well, I'll tell you what. 
you don't even realize it in this chair, this X chair. It really is that uh, uh, that that outstanding. All right. Let's take some calls. What do you say? Let us go to Lyle, Tucson, Arizona, the great KNST. Go. Mark, it's an honor to speak to you. I want to let you know that your knowledge and your passion, but most of all, your consistency is helping me get through this ridiculous time we're living in right now. It is ridiculous. I've really never seen anything like it. And I, the kind of guy that wants to be able to try to understand what I'm seeing and hearing Mm -hmm. constantly. And I came up with the characterization of hysterical desperation. Mm-hmm. It dawned on me that there's a lot at stake for a lot of the democratic slash, slash socialist icons that if the Republicans, real Republicans, stick around, as I'm hoping President Trump sticks around, uh, the dominoes are starting to fall. And I'm seeing hysterical, desperate people. And that just kind of helps me understand the ridiculousness of what I hear every day. It's a very good way to put it, Lyle. Thank you very, very much. Speaking of ridiculousness, I know this is painful, but we got to do it. Obama in Johannesburg, South Africa on Tuesday. I want you to listen to this. You've heard a lot of what he said. You didn't hear this. Cut 11, go. For almost all countries, progress is going to depend on an inclusive market-based system, one that offers education for every child, that protects collective bargaining and secures the rights of every worker that breaks up monopolies to encourage competition in small and medium-sized businesses and, and has laws that root out corruption and ensures fair dealing in business that maintains some form of progressive taxation so that rich people are still rich, but they're given a little bit back to make sure that everybody else has something to pay for universal health care and retirement security and invests in infrastructure and scientific research that builds platforms for innovation. I should add, by the way, right now I'm actually surprised by how much money I got. And let me tell you something. I don't have half as much as most of these folks or a tenth or a hundredth. There's only so much you can eat. There's only so big a house you can have. There's only so big a mouth he can have, but he's got one. I love the way these new millionaires and new billionaires personalize it. Like they're so generous. They're so generous. Look at me. I've got one. Look at me. Let me explain something. Basic economics is not uh, Barack Obama's strong point. The issue isn't how big his house is, how many cars he has. How many trips he takes? That's not the issue. We can't build an economy based on what he thinks somebody should or shouldn't have. Or his view of what somebody should or shouldn't have and then impose his will through government. Let's say he has a 20,000 square foot house. I wouldn't, but let's say he does. Look at all the stuff that goes into that house. Cement, rebar, aluminum, electrical work, fixtures, plumbing work, fences, 
a roof, floors, tile, carpet, wood. I don't even know everything that goes into the house. Who does he think makes all that stuff? Millionaires and billionaires? People work every day making nails and screws and hammers and screwdrivers and drills and saws and all the stuff that goes into a house. Just like it's an apartment complex or a skyscraper or an automobile or a yacht or a rowboat or a pencil. It used to be that presidents would give speeches about success, about becoming wealthy, about embracing opportunity. Everything he said there is the laundry list of the left. Everything he said there requires an all-powerful central government to decide who gets what, who keeps what, who winds up with what. He rejects liberty. He rejects liberty. He, Clinton, I don't need as much as I have, and yet they demand enormous speaking fees. They demand enormous fees for writing or have people ghostwriting their books. Enormous fees from Netflix. Enormous. And then they'll take a knee about how America is socially unjust. Our economic system is not based on what Barack Obama needs, thinks he needs, or thinks we need. The economic system is a competitive market-based system. How many decades have Obama and his ilk talked about free education? We have free education all the way up through high school. Now, not free in the sense that nobody pays. You pay confiscatory property taxes in most states to pay for that education. But anyone up to the age of whatever it is in your state has an opportunity to participate in that. We have uh, all kinds of of colleges and universities. Uh, Some two years, community colleges, some four years and heavily subsidized. The issue isn't what more can the government do and how much more money the government can spend and how these geniuses can rearrange society and and remake human nature and do all these things that they are endlessly trying to do, which winds up in poverty and bleakness and darkness and, and regression and so forth and so on. We need to embrace the Enlightenment. We need to embrace private property rights. We need to embrace individual liberty. Those words never leave Obama's mouth. And yet there wouldn't be anything to redistribute but for that. Socialism doesn't create anything. Let me read it. Socialism doesn't create anything. It's a government-centric ideologically driven distribution system. Socialism doesn't create nails, it doesn't create doors, it doesn't create paint, it doesn't create anything. 
Capitalism does. Socialism, taken to its logical extreme, is communism. Capitalism, taken to its logical extreme, is capitalism. Socialism, taken to its logical extreme, is a police state. Capitalism, taken to its logical extreme, is a free country. That's the way it works. You know, and Primus is published by Hillsdale College. It's always outstanding. It's always free. It's the nation's largest publication of conservative thought. I really want you to read this month's edition, too. It features Vice President Mike Pence, who is a great guy. His message to Hillsdale's graduating class. It's a message that will teach you, challenge you, inspire you. You really need to read it. 3.8 million Americans receive in Primus for free every month. And those folks share their issues on average with two other people. You know what that means? 11 million Americans will read this important speech by our terrific vice president. And you ought to be one of them. His words will help ground you in the teachings and traditions that are our greatest inheritance as Americans. The same teachings and traditions that are the surest foundation of a boundless American future. Every month, Imprimus equips you to defend and promote the principles of liberty, of civil and religious freedom, and our American heritage. Now, here's what you need to do. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Get your free subscription, starting with this inspiring speech by Vice President Pence. By the way, have you noticed anything? Have you noticed anything? The government shut down. It's Friday night. It's 5.45 Pacific Time, 8.45 Eastern Time. Nobody's working in the government. I mean, other than law enforcement and national security. But you know what I mean, the paper pushes. You feel okay? I feel great. You feel like you're missing something? No, I'm not missing anything either. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't forget, folks, what do you say, DVR it or whatever? Well, record it if you need to, or see it in person, really, live on TV Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News Channel. I hope you'll join us. It's always interesting. It's always fun. That's the whole point. Life, Liberty, and Levin, don't forget, 10 p.m. Eastern on the, on the Fox News Channel on Sunday, Uh, We hope you'll join us there. The audience is getting bigger, consistently bigger and bigger and bigger, and I don't want you to miss out. And don't forget Levin TV, too. Um, I'm doing uh, three to four shows a week. We've done now 480 episodes. You believe that, Rich? 480 episodes. I hope you'll sign up and join us. It's a lot of fun and a lot of information. If you like my radio show, you're going to love Levin TV, too. 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. They're there. The government's closed, but we never close. Um, Let's see. Is there anything else to announce? Let's see. So we do digital TV, the Fox News Channel, radio. By the way, go on my social sites. Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. There's a little thing I posted there, and I said, shh, don't tell anybody. 
Check it out. Seriously, my social sites. Shh, don't tell anybody yet. Check out that that post and check out the link there. Okay. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, America, in your honor. over the weekend begins right now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and ICE. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Don't forget Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern. 
Get Al-Qaeda, get Hamas, get Hezbollah, get ISIS, get the Taliban, get all those subhuman cockroaches. And I will see you Sunday and also Monday. God bless you.